Ellen White here. Hey, before we get started today, I want to address an issue with you. You know, small group ministry can be fairly complex, especially now that our world has gone through so much change. There's a lot to think about. Sometimes you have too much to think about. Small group pastors and directors face issues like you're struggling to connect people into groups. You're stumped with getting people who sign up to show up. Your senior pastor is not interested in groups. You're stuck at 30% of your adults in groups. You're frustrated with too many competing values at your church. You lack a clear pathway for spiritual growth. Maybe you're uncertain about what works in a post-COVID world. You could be new in the small group role or even new to ministry. You want to create your own curriculum. You want to maximize the number of people in groups. You want the right small group model for your church. Your pastor is an evangelist, uh, but not a disciple maker. You can't seem to find enough leaders. You're struggling to communicate with your leaders. You want to create a discipleship pathway in your church. Are you stressed just from that list? Well, the list goes on. I want to help you by giving you a 30-year head start in tackling these issues. In the last 32 years, in fact, I've led the small group ministry in a church of 800 adults and a church of 5,000 adults, as well as coaching over 1,500 churches across North America. Together, we can tackle any of these small group ministry issues, and it won't take the next 30 years. There are several ways that I can help you. One option starts at only $30. For more information, go to alanwhite.org forward slash head start. That's alan, A-L-L-E-N, white.org forward slash head start. H-E-A-D-S-T-A-R-T, one word. And let's get started. Welcome to the Healthy Groups Podcast. I'm your host, Alan White. This weekly podcast for small group point persons gives effective strategies, notable trends, and practical insights from my over 30 years of small group ministry experience, as well as the latest learnings from churches across North America. I will do my best to help you take the guesswork out of groups. For more information, go to alanwhite.org forward slash podcast. Are your groups competing with each other? Some churches practice a simple church model. They offer just a few options to their congregations. These are churches like North Coast Church in Vista, California, led by Larry Osborne, or Mariner's Church in Irvine, led by Eric Geiger, who wrote the book Simple Church. They promote their weekend worship services, small groups serving local and global missions, but little else beyond that. Life seems simpler in a simple church. But your church might be more complicated, especially in a legacy church. Once I served a church that was the polar opposite of a simple church. They prided themselves on being a complicated church that tried to offer something for everybody. Promoting small groups was complex, to say the least. If you promote everything equally, then nothing is a priority. There is an unfairness of trying to be fair. After all, if everything is important, then nothing is important. But we grew the groups in that church from 30% of 5,000 adults connected into 78% in the four years I served there. Here's how we did it. What is a group in your church? First, look at what you're calling a small group in your church. What is the group's purpose? How often do they meet? What do they do? What is the group's size? Things like that. 
If you want a complete exercise, go to allenwhite.org forward slash define. That's allenwhite.org forward slash define. Let's say your groups meet a minimum of twice per month for the purpose of Bible application, community, and occasional serving projects. By defining a group in your church, you are also stating what a group in your church is not. Think about all of the things you are offering your adults to see what might be competing with groups. For instance, let's say you have a men's prayer breakfast that meets once per month. Is this a group? Having been to quite a few men's prayer breakfasts over the years, I've discovered there's usually more breakfast than prayer. The prayer is typically for the food. You might discover that the men who attend this breakfast regard this as their small group, but by your definition, this men's breakfast doesn't qualify as a group. It doesn't have Bible application or occasional serving, but it has plenty of community. Also, it doesn't meet often enough by your definition. In fact, once a month groups really don't meet frequently enough to provide deep community. I call these groups a small group placebo. They give the feeling of being in a group, but lack the benefit of being in a group. But with your definition of groups, you are also opening up the possibilities for how many groups you actually have. Maybe you just don't call them groups. What groups, classes, serve teams, or Bible studies qualify as groups in your church? Compare your definition with all of the quote-unquote groups in your church. Think of serving teams, Bible studies, small groups, classes, and whatever else you've got. Which qualify as a group by your definition? Which do not? Which could become a little more groupish? Can on-campus groups, classes, Sunday school classes, or Bible studies be categorized as groups? This is not just an exercise in semantics. You need to consider all of the things in your church that help make disciples. Even the old-fashioned options could be good options. Avoid competing with yourself. I'm working with a church that's made a goal of connecting half of their adults into a certain type of off-campus group. Upon further examination, we discovered that they offer a lot of other options for their adults that would also fit the criteria for a group. Women's Bible studies, men's Bible studies, in-depth Bible classes, and several others. In the current thinking, these other groups are competing with their goal of getting half of their people into off-campus groups. In this situation, you can do one of two things. Either cancel all of these other groups leading to a revolt or broaden your definition of groups. Stick with me here. This isn't just for the sake of numbers and bragging rights. Years ago, a friend of mine proudly announced, suddenly, we have 92% of our adults in groups. He was at a traditional Baptist church with a very large, well-established adult Sunday school. The vast majority of the adults were in Sunday school class. He reconfigured his definition of groups and, and overnight went from nobody in groups to 92% in groups. So what? My friend knew that an alignment series or a church-wide campaign wasn't necessary to connect people into groups in his church. Sunday school was meeting that need. He would have preferred everyone to choose off-campus groups, but he also wanted to keep his job. He left Sunday school alone because it was working, but he also discovered an opportunity. 8% of their adults were not in a Sunday school class. 
How can he help them grow spiritually? Now, who at your church is not in a group? Rather than focusing on draining your women's ministry to get more people into groups, focus on connecting people who are only attending the worship service. Besides, that Beth Moore addiction is very hard to break. You don't need to regroup people who are already in groups. Who is not in a group of any type in your church? The bigger question is, why did they say no to what you are currently offering and what might they say yes to? They are not being disloyal or unfaithful in not taking you up on your offer. You're just not offering what they need or want. Offer something different. If you are the only one recruiting all of your group leaders, invite people to volunteer to host a group in their homes. If you've been using the host strategy since 40 Days of Purpose launched 20 years ago, then the jig is up. People know that host really means leader. Instead, encourage people to get together with their friends and do a study. Provide an easy entry point to lead a group. Pastors talk about easy entry points to join a group, but that misses the mark. Your leading metric should be leading a group instead of joining a group. How do you pull this off? You have a few options here. A good option is for your senior pastor to invite your members to join a group with an easy-to-use curriculum that you purchase. There's a lot of great video-based curriculum out there. Go to topbiblestudies.com for a curated list. A better option is for your senior pastor to invite your members to lead a group with an easy-to-use curriculum that you create based on your senior pastor's teaching. This does not need to be aligned with the sermon series. Your pastor on the teaching video will greatly increase your group participation. The best option is for your senior pastor to invite your members to lead a group with an easy-to-use curriculum that you created based on your senior pastor's teaching that aligns with the sermon series. The senior pastor asks, the senior pastor teaches, the senior pastor aligns. The key to all three of these options is your senior pastor. What if my senior pastor isn't interested? Pay attention to where your senior pastor is headed in the fall, in the new year, or after Easter. Then link your small group launch with where your pastor is going. Think about this. You don't need to compete with yourself. Your people might already be engaging in the very things you want to see them do in groups. Getting people to shift from classes to groups is a losing battle. And you're the loser. You don't even need to relabel classes as groups. Just regard them as groups. If a person receives care, community, and Bible application in a class, they're not going to join a small group anyway. This is their group. You don't need to compete with your people either. They're already in groups. They have friends, neighbors, co-workers, relatives, and others in their life that they already enjoy spending time with. You don't need to unnaturally place them into a group of strangers. Give them an easy-to-use curriculum and a coach to guide them, and then let them do what groups do in your church. For those who don't fit in either of those categories, there are ways to connect them into groups without resorting to sign-up cards or websites. Passive recruiting methods don't work anyway.
what is a group in your church? What groups do you already have? Where is your pastor headed around the time of your next major group launch? Do this work now, and you will have a great opportunity to make more disciples than ever before. Ellen White here. Hey, before we get started today, I want to address an issue with you. You know, small group ministry can be fairly complex, especially now that our world has gone through so much change. There's a lot to think about. Sometimes you have too much to think about. Small group pastors and directors face issues like you're struggling to connect people into groups. You're stumped with getting people who sign up to show up. Your senior pastor is not interested in groups. You're stuck at 30% of your adults in groups. You're frustrated with too many competing values at your church. You lack a clear pathway for spiritual growth. Maybe you're uncertain about what works in a post-COVID world. You could be new in the small group role or even new to ministry. You want to create your own curriculum. You want to maximize the number of people in groups. You want the right small group model for your church. Your pastor is an evangelist, uh, but not a disciple maker. You can't seem to find enough leaders. You're struggling to communicate with your leaders. You want to create a discipleship pathway in your church. Are you stressed just from that list? Well, the list goes on. I want to help you by giving you a 30-year head start in tackling these issues. In the last 32 years, in fact, I've led the small group ministry in a church of 800 adults and a church of 5,000 adults, as well as coaching over 1,500 churches across North America. Together, we can tackle any of these small group ministry issues, and it won't take the next 30 years. There are several ways that I can help you. One option starts at only $30. For more information, go to allenwhite.org forward slash head start. That's allen, A-L-L-E-N, white.org forward slash head start. H-E-A-D-S-T-A-R-T, one word. And let's get started. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. Another way to help people find the Healthy Groups podcast is to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if I can help you in any way, please contact me at Allen, A-L-L-E-N, at allenwhite.org. Thank you for listening.